Hi, my name is James Browning. I'm here to learn how to be a small group leader. I've been a small group leader in the past, but a few months ago, I joined the Small Group Network. When I did, I had access to some of the most successful small group people across the country, and I've learned a lot. So I wanted to share what I've learned straight from those people to you. So whether you're a new small group leader, whether you are considering becoming a small group leader, or whether you're like me and you've been a small group leader for a while, but just want to learn a little bit more, this is for you, how to be a small group leader. In this episode of How to Be a Small Group Leader, I'm going to be speaking with JT Black. JT is a great guy who is the executive pastor, one of the executive pastors at his church. JT has an amazing amount of experience with small groups, with church leadership, and in general is just a dynamic teacher on how to be a small group leader. He's gonna go deeper into building community with your small group. And this is a really great uh, session that for a lot of the time, I just had to sit and listen because he just dropped one great idea after the other. So if you want to build deeper community with your small group, this is the episode for you. Check it out, JT Black. Hey everybody, this is JT Black and I am at Stevens Creek Church in Augusta, Georgia. I'm the executive, one of the executive pastors here at the church and I get to oversee our small groups. And I've been doing this for about eight years now and I just love um, the community that we get to build together with those that are in our church and even out in our community. So today I'm gonna get to share with you on how that we can better build our community within our specific small group. I've been leading different small groups for years. Some have been couples groups, some have been uh, groups for men, some have been interest-based and and different studies, but all of them have um, some of these same essentials that you need to have to build quality community with whoever you are looking to grow your group with. And so today I wanted to get to share a few points with you, and I'm so excited to do so. So as we look to build community, there's a few things, probably three main things that I'm kind of assuming that you're already at, but I do want to touch base on those things uh, so that you can maybe better filter some questions through your own head as you're starting your small group or as you're continuing on. First, you need to find a day, a time, and a place that works best for you. I think oftentimes as small group leaders, uh, our temptation is to ask our best friend, hey, I want to start a small group. What time or what, where, where should we meet? And you put it off on somebody else or maybe even multiple people within your group that you're inviting. But if Mondays at 6.30 doesn't work for you, you because you get off at 6 o'clock, you probably don't need to have that group there. So find a, t- a day, a time, and a place that works best for you and your schedule and your flow. Secondly, I want you to establish a study topic, or maybe uh, maybe it's a Bible study, or, or what, maybe it's your activity that you're doing that you're curious about, or maybe that excites you, or, or you're excited to grow in this area. Find something that your group can be centered around that excites you first and foremost. You know, if underwater basket weaving doesn't interest you, you probably don't need to start a group on that, even if your best friend is interested in that. So find a, a, a study topic that fits you best as well. And then start inviting people that are interested in that similar place, or or maybe they're in a a similar stage of life, and just look at the community around you. You're probably already in a small group as you start 
this. Maybe it's a PTO that you're involved in. Maybe it's your kid's baseball team, or it could possibly be the, the, uh, your neighborhood community uh, group that, that's there. You're already in community. So look at those people that you're connected with. God has you in that community for a reason. And so start looking to influence them and grow in their faith as well. So we're taking all these elements and looking how we can take and help other people take their next step in their faith, as well as you taking your next step and your faith as well. And so as we look to build community, there's seven quick elements that we want to hit on today um, that I want to encourage you as you build your community. The very first one is to pray daily over your group. Now I'm talking to the choir right now. I'm preaching to the choir, right? Like we're all in church. We're all looking to be better uh, Christians, better in our walk with the Lord. And so prayer is something that we're all growing in. But I want to encourage you to pray daily for your small group, to pray over your members, to pray over those issues that are going on. It's simple, but oftentimes we overlook the power of prayer. I'm convinced if you were to start a group on Monday and you were to start another group later on in the week, your group on Monday, uh, if you're praying over it, would be so much more fruitful than the group later on in the week if you were not praying for it. You're going to see more answers to prayers. You're going to see more people come to faith. You're going to see people taking their next steps literally. I'm not saying the group size is going to be any different or anything like that, but people are going to be more excited to come to a group that is prayed for than a group that is just thought of right before you get there. So think about it. Pray about your group daily. The second thing that I want to talk through is partnering up partner with somebody else in your group. Maybe you know who that person is, or you labeled that person before you started your small group that you're in now, or maybe this next semester you're going to go through, and I want you to, to identify somebody that you can give responsibility to. It's not about just having a co-leader or a co-host to take over those weeks when you're on vacation or work draws you in late, but it's sharing the responsibility and the ownership of the group. And so maybe it's more than one co-host that you have. Maybe one person is just a prayer warrior and that's just an area that you are looking for support in and you just go to them and say hey can you help lead the charge in our group for prayer maybe it's them taking up their prayer requests or throughout the week texting just hey praying for the small group type messages but look to partner up everybody has their unique gifts and so it's our role as small group hosts or small group leaders to look to how we can empower people within our group and give them ownership in building this community as well. It's not all on you as the small group leader or host. Thirdly, I want you to connect outside of your small group time with your small group people. Now, I do want to press a quick pause right here and give you permission you do not have to be BFFs with everybody in your small group. Uh, there's going to be uh, maybe a third or half of your group that you just naturally connect with, and maybe another third that, you know, you have some things in common, but you're just not really relating on every uh, level there. But then there's going to be another third of your group that you really have to work to connect with, and that's okay. It's not saying that you dislike somebody, but you're just, you're constantly looking for maybe better ways that you can get connected with them. That is okay. We actually look to the disciples and, and Jesus' relationship with them as an example for this. You know, he had the 12 disciples, but within the 12, he had three that he was closer with and one that we would say uh, is his best friend, the beloved one. And so we can look at that and how we... Um, 
relate with our small group as well. But you need to connect with your group outside of the group. Maybe it's going to uh, a baseball game or maybe it's going to the park or spending some time at the the lake. Here in Augusta, we have a, a river that runs right through the Savannah River. And, and so many of us get out on the weekend, we get out on the water, we get in some kayaks and just different things like that, but spend some time out outdoors with, with different groups of people around. And so we encourage our small group leaders to do the same with their group. Don't just look at Monday nights or Tuesday night group as the only time that you're going to spend with that person, but look to connect with them and engage with them uh, outside of your group, um, that group time. The next thing is I want you to have fun. I think in church world, we don't have fun enough or enough fun, I guess would be a better way to say it. But we want to have fun with our small groups. If you're miserable going into your small group or if you're dreading uh, Monday nights because that's when you're meeting and you're you're going in and you're just not excited about it, you're not going to have fun, the other people in, in your small group are going to be as well. And so as you're looking to build community, you're actually hampering that growth uh, because you're not having fun. So look to play games. Look to have icebreakers. You can, uh, getting out and doing things with your group like we talked about before, that's a great way to do it. But look within your group. Maybe it's uh, having theme nights, taco night or, or lasagna night. Uh, my group is not a successful group until we've had cheese dip a few times. And so you make sure you're having fun and you're telling your people we want to have fun. So if you're going through, maybe it's a, a, a more serious study or a study that you're seeing um, is just taking um taking a little extra homework or, or whatever it may be. Those groups are great. And those are some of my favorite groups to be a part of. But as a host or as a leader, we need to be aware of that and look to throw in fun in some of those moments that just need a, 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 a moment to laugh. And so have fun with your small group. It is a great way to build community. And when you're doing that, they're going to be more apt to invite some people uh, that are at work or in the neighborhood as well. And you're going to build community better when you're having fun. The next one is to honor time. I want you to honor the time of people in your small group. Um, when I first started my group, this is the area I needed to grow in the most. We were all young professionals. Some of us were married. Some of us were single. Some of us were engaged. And so we were all fresh out of college or, or fresh to the workforce and that kind of early 20s age of life. And so time for us, responsibilities were very few and we could spend hours and hours together and not really feel the pinch. But we started finding as we went on and on, as people maybe had to get up early for work or, or people had certain priorities that they needed to check off later on in the night, those people were disconnecting from our group because we were not honoring their time. And so that was some, a big lesson that I had to learn was if my group starts at seven, I need to get up at seven o'clock and at least say, hey guys, uh, we're going to circle up and five minutes and start with our study, but take the next little bit and settle in, maybe get some refreshments or a drink, or or maybe the next 30 minutes we're going to eat together, but we're going to start our group soon after that. Just getting up and having a, a statement that starts your group gives so much permission for your group, and it lets them know, hey, this group is all about it. We're starting on time, and I don't have time to be late. When I wasn't doing that, people, even though the start time was seven o'clock, they were showing up at seven to 15, and that time just kept creeping back 
later and later. And then you need to end on time. You know, uh, a lot of people in our area, they they drive uh, uh, quite a distance to get to work. And I know if you're in a big city, you're, you're probably saying the same in your context as well. But uh, whether the, the call time at work is 5 a.m. or 8 o'clock, you know, we need to honor people and getting into bed in time. So 7 o'clock to 8.30, if I didn't get up at 8.30, people felt bad uh, if they didn't have that permission to leave. So me simply getting up at 8.30 and saying, hey guys, group's over, y'all can hang around for a little bit longer if you'd like, but we'll see you back next week. Just that simple statement gave honor to those people and saying the night was over, it's okay to leave, it's okay to check out, but it's also okay to hang around a while and just have a good time with people. So honoring time is so, so important. The next one is to invest in the church. I want you to invest in the church as a group. Maybe it's a service project that you're doing uh, that the church is is sponsoring in, in the community, a service a day that you're you're getting out and doing that as a group is so much fun. It's so important. Um, maybe it is going to a special service. I know uh, for our church, every January and August, we get together for 21 days of prayer. And watching small groups go together uh, through that time is always so special. Uh, maybe not everybody can be present uh, in person during 21 days of prayer, but they're participating uh, at home uh, and then coming out on the weekends. Uh, I know each church listening, each church leader listening, you immediately came to mind uh, some church events that you have. Some of us do worship nights. Some of us get out in the community and have some events that we do there. Um, I know uh, markets, you know, market uh, those market spaces within uh, downtown areas or getting to the farmer's markets, those sorts of things, getting out and doing some elements there as a church are also used as a way of evangelism. And so maybe it's getting out and sponsoring a weekend there with your church. Whatever it is, invest in your church to Together. Not only will you have ownership in your small group, but you're also going to have ownership in your church and moving your church forward. As we're building community, we're also building our church. And so it's so important for all of us to have a little bit of an evangelistic mindset. You know, that's not all of our uh, first spiritual gifts as, as a group host. Many of us are great at hospitality or, or, or uh, you know, just hosting people in our home. But getting outside may be uncomfortable, but doing these events here here and there are, are a great way to do that safely and to do that with the comfort of your small group. So I want to encourage you to invest in your groups and outreach opportunities in your community. And lastly, I want to just encourage you to love people. At our church, we, we often say love God and love people. Um, and so we want to love people in this process. And so some people may be going through the best moments of their life. A child may be graduating, or maybe it's even the birth of a child. I remember uh, within our first few years uh, of uh, leading a small group, uh, my wife and I, it, it was one of our favorite things to go to the hospital and to celebrate those moments uh, as people were bringing babies home. And so we were setting up the mill trains. We were doing all those things that groups are famous for. Um, but to love on people in those great moments, maybe it's a new job uh, that somebody in your group gets, or, and it's to just surprise them, uh, maybe cake one night at your small group, and just to celebrate this new season of their life. Or maybe it's moving into a new house and you throw the best housewarming party that's ever been seen. Um, but loving on people also has the other side of it. And that is to rally around our group members and to, to mourn with our group members in, in difficult moments, to, to grieve with them and to be present. 
one of the things uh, that we like to talk about within our small groups is just the power and the ministry of presence. You know, oftentimes in these difficult moments, we shy away from them because uh, we don't know, have the magic words to say. We don't have that golden sentence. It's just going to make everything better. But rallying around and just being present with your members is just so, so powerful. I want to encourage you to love your people. You know, in the difficult moments of my life, uh, you know, I don't remember a sentence or maybe a text message or anything like that specifically, but I do remember who was present in my life. I remember who was at the hospital with us. I remember who sent me just a message uh, of support of just saying, hey, I'm here if you need anything. I remember who stopped me at church and just said, hey, if y'all need anything moving forward over this next month, just let me know. I've been through the same thing. Just a ministry of presence and loving people in those moments is so, so powerful. And as you're doing things like that, in your small group, you are going to build a stronger community. I remember early on in our group, uh, a couple in our group uh, lost a child. And just in that moment, I did not know what to do. There was nothing I could say that could make that better. But I remember our group rallying around this couple and mourning with this couple and being with them each step of the way and watching their elements of community do the same. And just to see the love that was outpoured on them, they felt every moment of it. They're so much stronger because of it. They're still, they still go through difficult moments and they still mourn and they still grieve the loss of their son, but they know that people love them. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a lost job. Whatever that moment is, if you can love on the people in your group, you will only strengthen them. As you build this community, you will find your group is stronger for it. As you go through each of those steps, each element makes up a healthy group and a healthy group culture as you build your community. Kind of one of the throw on things that I did want to briefly touch was how you teach or lead your small group. I think it's so important. And we have some groups that are kind of more of a teaching-based small group. Maybe you're in a, a Sunday school and you're getting up week after week and you're teaching. You have a curriculum that you're going through. I love that small group so much. Or maybe you're in a discussion-based group and, and you watch a, a video before you come or as you get there, you watch a 15, 30-minute video and, and you all discuss elements of that video afterwards. Each of these styles of groups have their power and have have uh, what makes them strong uh, type of a group model. And so I'm not talking either or here, but I do want to talk as you're doing this to make sure that you are aware of the conversation levels that are going on. Even if you're a teaching-based small group and maybe you have a 30-minute lesson that you're giving week in and week out, I want to encourage you to have a moment that you're looking for discussion to be born. Jesus, the greatest teacher of all time, he was known as the teacher, the one who went about and taught. And so people refer to him as teacher, teacher. And so that is obviously a wonderful way to build community. But within that moment of teaching, he always made time for questions. He always made time for someone to felt like their specific need they were dealing with was being addressed. So as you build this community, as you go through maybe your lesson time as a way to phrase it, as you're going through those moments, look for moments that you can engage 
with your people a little bit better. So maybe you're used to teaching 100% of the time. I want to encourage you to maybe look at possibly a few weeks of just testing out a 70-30 model where you're teaching uh, a little bit and then you're giving that time to discuss with your group, maybe 70% of the time where they're discussing. And in that discussion, you're interweaving maybe some of those points that you had previously uh, to that you can lead your members to grow and take their next step in their faith. I'm so excited for you to build uh, your small groups and to take these steps forward. So to quickly recap our points, we have seven main points that we're doing once you start your small group to help you build community. First, we're going to pray daily over our members in our small group and over our small group that we will see answer to prayers, that we will see growth within our groups. Secondly, we're going to partner up. We're going to find somebody within our small group to give ownership over to to a co-host or a co-leader that's going to be partners in our endeavors to build community. Third, we're going to connect outside of our group time. We're going to connect with others. Maybe it's in a public space like the river or the lake or wherever it may be, but we're look we're going to look to connect with people outside of our small group time. Fourthly, we're going to have fun and we're going to have a lot of it. Bring as much cheese dip to the party as you can. Next, we're going to honor the time of our group and our group members. We're going to start and we're going to end our group on time. Even if there's some overlap on both sides of that, that's okay. But we're going to give up and we're going to honor people's time. Next, we're going to invest in the church. We're going to look at ways that we can bring our group together to invest in different events of our church. Maybe it's a service opportunity. Maybe it's a special worship night or another type of service going on. But we're going to look to invest invest in our church. As we build community within our groups, we're also building community within our church. And lastly, we're going to love people and we're going to love them well. We're going to celebrate the highs and we're going to grieve the lows, but we're going to love the people of our small group and we're going to see our community built. Man, this all sounds great, JT. I I do have a couple of follow-up questions. So yeah. If I'm new to being a leader or a group's host or whatever, whatever my role is called. Do you have any tips if I just feel overwhelmed? Like you give a lot of great info, but it feels like I'm getting married to four or five strangers here. Like how, what, where, where do I start to prevent myself from getting overwhelmed? If you're overwhelmed, we've all been there. Like it's, I went to school for, to become a pastor and I was prepared to do all this stuff. And night one of my small group, I was thinking to myself, what am I getting myself into? Um, you know, I didn't know what was up or down in a lot of ways, but I want you to just take a moment and reassure yourself. One, this group was placed on your heart for a reason. God has given you this moment in time to, to lead your community that you're around uh, to take encouragement in that and just to know that you were designed for this. The Bible talks about we are all ministers of the gospel. So know you were designed for this moment. And it is not by accident uh, that the Lord am, am parted on your heart to feel that you should take this step in hosting or leading a small group. Next, I want you to just open up the Bible and place your finger down on any page. Because one of the things that we often do as new group hosts is we think we're not good enough or our past would disqualify us from this. You know, we're not qualified or what I did a few years ago would 
definitely make it to where I cannot lead a small group. And wherever your finger landed, you landed on someone who was far from perfect. The Bible is full of people who are not qualified to live out the purpose that they were living out. You know, David, he became king and all he was was a shepherd boy. He killed a giant and he didn't have a a weapon, a military weapon in hand. You know, you can look all throughout the Bible. Uh, Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, he actually persecuted Christians and he was used in such a mighty way. His past of persecuting Christians and even being present at the stoning of Stephen did not disqualify him for what God had destined him to do. And so you are in that same boat. Take heart, just take a moment, pause, and reassure yourself you did not have the thought to lead your small group on accident. God put that, birthed that within you with a purpose. And so you need to live out that purpose. And when you think, I'm not good enough, or I'm not qualified to do this, or my past would definitely, if somebody knew I did this 10 years ago, they would not listen to me. We've all been there. We all have these things. And so don't let those things disqualify you or talk you, let yourself talk yourself out of leading a group because God has ordained you to do so. So you had mentioned um, earlier that not everyone in the group has to be your best friend. It's, you know, but what do I do if there actually is conflict in my group? What happens if not only are they not my best friend, but we kind of butt heads a little bit? That is common, and that happens quite a bit, unfortunately. But I just want to encourage you to be honest, to look at maybe it's a a quarrel between you and somebody else in your group, or maybe a disagreement between a couple other people. Um, I remember one of our small groups, um, in the small group early on, there were two ladies, and one woman started dating the other woman's ex-boyfriend. And so that became a very contentious moment. And so just be honest. I don't think we always have to kick one person out or let one person stay and the other person has to walk. Not every moment has to be that sort of a moment. Sometimes that is necessary, and I think there's an honorable way to do that. But sometimes it's just addressing the elephant in the room and it's a one-on-one coffee with you, or maybe it's you kind of mediating between the two parties that are disagreeing, whatever that situation is. Just look at ways that you can always, like our last point, that you can love people. That's our primary focus, that you can love people. And so in those uncomfortable moments, don't shy away from them because then those small things become big, big things. Uh, Address them early, address them honestly, and be transparent about it. And if you're a group host, do not hesitate to bring in your coordinator. Uh, Maybe it's a coach, maybe it's uh, your small group pastor, whoever that uh, direct report is within your group system. Do not hesitate to bring them in and to ask them for their advice because that's what we're all here for. That's what, as a point person at my church, that is what I'm here for. And I don't enjoy those moments of of discomfort, but it is certainly something that I want to help our group hosts go through. And I know your church is no different. So, so looking to bring in wise counsel as well. That really is. I mean, this is kind of a tough time. Everybody's got political opinions or opinions on vaccines or masks or whatever. So yes, yeah, it's, you gotta be careful. Um, and one of those things in, in addressing those sorts of things, we, 
um, which I'm in the Southeast. And if you've ever lived in the Southeast, a big contentious moment is SEC football. And so (laughs) other places of the world, y'all deal with politics and important things, but we're going through the SEC football. Every, uh, you know, every group is going to have a 50-50 split on politics or a 50-50 split on things like mask or no mask vaccines or no vaccine. We encourage our groups to not ignore those, but just to shy away from those. Make sure every conversation is uplifting. Make sure every conversation is relevant. So like if one person's dealing with one area of life, don't just let them uh, uh, monopolize the time, but you know, don't put your head in the sand on the real things that are going on in your group, but also don't let those become the focus of your small group. Your focus needs to always be on growing in your faith. Yeah, I'm, I'm originally from the Midwest, and we really need our groups to come alongside us as Ohio State lost this past weekend. <laughs> um, yes. Things just aren't right yes. in the world. Um, yes. I, Here in Augusta, if Georgia football loses, we can tell on that next Sunday. So, it's, <laughs> it's, um, so is attendance up or down? Like, Are people trying to get right with God, or are they like staying at home in a cave? They're staying at home in a cave. There's definitely a dip in attendance. And if they win big over a rival this week, uh, as we're recording, they're playing a rival of theirs. Uh, And so they're going to, if they win, they're showing up at church with anything that has a Georgia logo on it. And so um, attendance is up a little bit sometimes. Or those prayers for in the fourth quarter, Lord, if you answer this, I'll never miss a Sunday. Uh, They do not miss that next Sunday. Yeah. So last question here, I've been trying to get encouraged discussion, encouraged community and all that, but what do I do if people just aren't talking? Like I ask a question and get a bunch of blank stares. Man, that's, that's wonderful. Um, one, we, we certainly need to honor the boundaries and maybe some people are just uncomfortable with that. Um, I would look at different types of studies or maybe because uh, a lot of people learn and grow differently. I remember in my very first group, there was there were a couple guys in my group that they were just not very talkative. And some people, you know, talked a lot. And so there was certainly some of that element. But one of those guys that rarely talked, we started a book study. Um, and through that book study, each of us took a different chapter. And each chapter, we would be the teachers for that week. And we just shared the responsibility through that. I want to say it was like a six-week study. And it was just something we tried differently. In that study, he looked to lead multiple weeks. And it was someone who rarely talked, but he just felt like, I can come in and be prepared. So I think it's to encourage your small group. Hey, if you learn differently, if you want to watch the video before we get here so that you just feel equipped to talk about it, because that's what keeps a lot of us out of discussion. We just don't feel like we put enough thought in to sharing uh, within the discussion. So maybe that's an element that you talk through. It's certainly encouraging people and, and saying, hey, there's no stupid questions or there's uh, you know all, all of our um all of us have some area within this topic or within this study uh, that we're looking to grow in. And so I may be an expert on one side of it and you may be an expert on the other. And and that's what makes the picture uh, come together. So look at maybe it's different types of studies that you can do, or maybe um, uh, it's just saying after your a few meetings and you're noticing someone not saying something, uh, hey, if anybody in here wants to watch the videos before, feel permission to do so. Or a lot of cases, it's it's asking that person that monopolizes the time, hey, I know you have a lot of great points on this, and I love what you have to say, 
But next time, let's look to encourage other people to share as well, because they just feel like maybe they have the same input and they don't want to say it the same thing over and over. Uh, but it's just going to that person, maybe one-on-one at first, at least, uh, to say, hey, let's hear from somebody else or uh, looking for different ways that people learn. Man, thanks so much for your time. And I appreciate all the tips and everything. This has been great and super helpful. Yeah, man. So, so awesome to be with you. Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk Producer, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into this special five-part series, How to Be a Small Group Leader. If this series impacted you in any way, check out our other podcast from the Small Group Network, Inside Saddleback with Steve Gladen, Here to There with Carolyn Takena, Leadership Journey with Bill Search, and Reading Lens with Nick Lindsay. These release every Wednesday, so don't miss them. Also, are you looking for community with other small group point people like yourself? Join our Facebook group. This group has over 7,000 people who want to share and learn about what they're doing in small group ministry. Strengthen your group's ministry today by going to Facebook and typing in the search bar, Small Group Network. Just select Join the Group and we'll get you connected to a whole new community. Lastly, make sure you visit smallgroupnetwork.com for our free resources and blog. Thank you for listening.